All right, everyone, welcome back to the 18th episode of the Chats of the Charity Stripe podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob. And I'm your other co-host, Josh. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, welcome back, guys. Um, unlike last week, we'd like to start out with a... I, I wanted to start out with a little bit more of a positive note. Congratulations right. to Russell Westbrook. 25,000 points, surpassing. That's the only, pretty impressive. Uh, only guard in NBA history with 25K points, 8K assists, 8K rebounds. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. All those triple doubles really helped him on that. Yeah. But, yeah. I just thought about that. Wanted to start off on a happy note. Let's jump into the uh, press break. Um, yeah, let's let's do it. Started off, Adrian Griffin fired by the Bucks after 30-13 and 13 start. He's been replaced by Doc Rivers. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, is, he's the third, the, the third coach with, well... The third best record of a coach to be fired at this start at this point of a season. Mm-hmm. So um, I I can kind of see where they were coming from, where it didn't seem like anything Adrian Griffin was doing. It, it, they were flying by the seat of their pants most of these games, yeah, and were bailed out by Dame or just happened to be playing a really crappy team that day. Um, I think their strength of schedule was horrible in the front end of the the season as well. So seeing that and then realizing, oh no, we still have some gaps in our game. Yeah. Um, I think that's where they were coming from. But Doc Rivers, yeah, the best choice? Question mark. <laughs> it kind of feels like what happens when you fire your coach in the middle of the season, yeah. who's a new coach. I think it's important to put some context behind this. So whenever Adrian Griffin was hired, this was before they traded for Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. before they extended Giannis Antetokounmpo before Brooke Lopez returned, before Chris Middleton was extended. So I I don't know this, but I'm kind of guessing it, they thought they were about to enter a rebuild, right? Giannis mm-hmm. had, at this point, already like expressed some dissatisfaction with the front office, and they thought, let's bring in a young coach that we can, you know, we know he's got some good stuff, he's got some good experience. We bring him in, we can build a new a new start right. with him. And then all of a sudden you have to win a championship and you're a rookie head coach. So, you know, not the best um, position to be in if you're Adrian right. Griffin, but it is unfortunate because, you know, you're sitting there 30, 30 and 13 and you're kind of thinking, why I'm, why am I'm I doing fired? my job. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, you know, there was, there was holes in their, in their team, but getting fired was, was pretty shocking. Yeah. I think there were a lot of internal players as well that were saying, "Why is why did this happen?" I, I there there was comments that the players were not necessarily happy with the decision. Some players, I I think there were probably some players that were gunning for it to happen. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it, especially with the coach they replaced them with, and that's saying that as a Sixers fan. Yeah, <laughs> that has had struggles with him over the past years. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm not super concerned with it. I think Adrian Griffin will have a job at at the end of this or the beginning of this next year, whenever these really bad teams are firing their coaches and then looking to start anew. So I think he'll be on a team. Yeah. And and I think probably this comes down to the defense just didn't Mm. get better. Most of the season, it was, wasn't like they had something they were doing defensively either. So, um, and then as far as doc rivers, like, He's had a good history with superstars, yeah. keeping them happy. Um, 
you know, until it doesn't work, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps him happy for a couple of years, so I get that's why you bring him in. Um, Milwaukee will be paying four, three different head coaches now through, like, 2027. So Is that Budenholzer, Griffin, yeah. and... Yeah, and they're paying $40 million for Doc Rivers, reportedly. Oh so um, we'll see. They have, I don't believe they've won a game since no. Doc Rivers has been there, which has only been a couple of games. But Yeah, they had a couple of games where their interim head coach stepped up, their assistant coach um, filled the spot, and then Doc Rivers came in against the Nuggets. They lost that game and then were destroyed by the Trailblazers. In the Dame return, return. game. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's it doesn't seem very. Uh, it didn't seem like a very smart move, in in my opinion. A related stat that doesn't mean anything. There have been two other head coaches fired in their first season with the same winning percentage or better than what Adrian Griffin had. Twenty sixteen Cavs. David Blatt was fired. They win the championship, and then nineteen. 79 or 1980 the Lakers, the Lakers head coach was fired midseason which interesting enough he was fired because he got in a I think it was like a, a motorcycle accident mm-hmm. or something which is weird but um and they won the championship as well so yeah doesn't mean anything I don't think the Bucks will win a championship but just an interesting fact yeah rough rough week for that coach for the Lakers gets yeah in a motorcycle accident and then gets fired from his head coach in the NBA yeah so, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll look forward. I'm I'm looking forward to see how they finish this season out. Will they be better without him? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Doc Rivers never has really stood out as like a defensively minded coach to me in, in my, like, especially with when he was with the Clippers, like didn't really seem that, that interested in defense. That was offense. Yeah. A lot of the time. So we'll see. But um want to move into some of the uh, trades or injuries that have been going on? Uh, yeah, let's do the trades real quick. So first of all, Terry Rozier is headed to the Heat for Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and a lottery-protected 2027 first from the Heat. Yeah, I really like this. I mean, I like this move. Um, Kyle Lowry, obviously aging. Um, you replace him with a fresher younger point guard who has a lot better attack mindset um and for terry rogier you're finally getting off the hornets yeah so uh yeah i like it i like the move i like it too i think it brings the heat some scoring that they Mm -hmm. didn't have i mean kyle lowry has been great for them um but just they needed to get a little bit younger yeah to avoid some of the injuries and stuff like that uh, it'll be interesting what the Hornets decide to do with Kyle Lowry. They reportedly mm-hmm. want to trade him before they end up eventually probably buying him out. Yeah. But his contract is 30 mil, so um, it'll be hard to move that contract. Yeah. Not a lot of teams have the salary to make that move, so we'll see where that ends up. Uh, the, the Hornets are going to be an interesting buyout team because mm-hmm. they could also potentially buy out Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um, those would both be... There's a ton of contenders that would just love to have those guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other big one, not big, but the other main trade that's happened over the last couple of days, the Grizzlies are trading Steven Adams to Houston for Victor Oladipo and three uh, second-round picks. Uh, one of those is Houston's second-round pick. The other two are mm-hmm. top 56 protected, yeah. and typically how that works is if 
they aren't top 56 or if they are top 56, it just rolls into cash. So essentially right. a second plus cash for Steven Adams. Yeah. And Oladipo. Right. For Steven. But um, I think that this is very good for Houston with Steven Adams coming over. Yeah. Um, a veteran big that will help Shangun a lot, I think, in becoming a better defensive player. Steven Adams, when he's healthy, is one of the best defensive bigs in the league still, I I would have to say. And so having him, uh, you know, behind Shangun and kind of teaching him how to, to get better defensively and move his feet a little quicker, that's big for them. And rim protection is big. And if you ever get in a strength contest, you'll yeah. win that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this for the Rockets. Obviously, it doesn't help him this year. He's out for the season. But mm-hmm. I like this as a future move. For the Grizzlies, I, it's weird trading a guy that's kind of – this close to your core, mm-hmm. like a really fan favorite in the middle of an injury. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I think this indicates they're trying to get to a more like shooting, faster mm-hmm. paced team rather than the kind of slow grinding, offense. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive team they've been with Steven Adams. That would be, that'd be my guess there. And so obviously this move for the girls is just a cap space clearing move essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, Victor Oladipo will probably be bought out or traded again, whichever one is possible. That man should never buy a house. Yeah. He never sticks in one place for very long. He's so unfortunate. He's about to be the next uh, uh, Ish Smith. Yeah. He's play the hoop grid. He's going to be the answer for every question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other trades that I missed? That I, I think there was just some like minor ones. I don't think Maybe. there was much else, but um, yeah. before we get to injuries, Tristan Thompson has been suspended 25 games for PEDs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> all right. I don't understand. I, I mean, he came back for how many games last year with the Lakers? Yeah. Signs with the Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> Does that. Oh, boy. You think he'll get his job back at... Um, was it ESPN he was on? Yeah. Yeah. You think the way to hear. Make yeah. sure people forget about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, real quick before we do the injuries as well, uh, we've got a bunch of 10 day pickups um, from either the G League or people who are just not on, on contracts at the moment. So the Grizzlies have picked up two contracts. Um, we've got. Uh, this name I'm not great at pronouncing, I'm sure, but Tosan, Tosan of Buranon, um, and Trey Jennison were both uh, signed to 10 days with the Grizzlies. Um, the Knicks signed a 10 day with Taj Gibson. He's back. Oh, he's back again? He's back. All right. Yep. Uh, the Pacers are re signing James jo- uh, Johnson. Uh, for another 10 day to uh, the second 10 day contract. And then this is late, but the Pelicans uh, picked up Malcolm Hill from Illinois from the G league, uh, but then sent him back to the G league shortly after that. So um, he is still there repping Illinois though. I mean, we still got a guy in the the minor pros and then the trailblazers uh, are picking up Taze Moore uh, for a 10 day as well. So a bunch of 10-day contracts recently with all those injuries happening. We've seen a lot of a lot of 10-day pickups. Yep. Uh, Grizzlies have just been decimated. Injuries yeah. don't stop for them. No. 
Um. All right. Injuries. Yeah. Bunch of big names. Julius Randall will miss several weeks with a dislocated shoulder. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt is out several weeks at minimum with a right foot injury. They mm-hmm. will. They're doing some evaluations. It could be longer depending if it's more serious. And then the biggest one, Joel Embiid has a torn left meniscus. Yeah. Timeline of how long he'll be out is not sure yet. They just uh, said today that it is a that the full torn. They were thinking it was a partial tear at first. It is mm-hmm. fully t- torn, so surgery may be needed. Which then, of course, surgical. Um, after a surgery happens, the the comeback for that is usually a little bit longer. The return for that. Yeah, I think just looking at so Trey Murphy was out for I think twelve weeks with this, mm-hmm. a torn meniscus. Obviously, there's different levels to how badly it's torn right. and stuff. So 12 weeks would put us May. Yeah, that's big. May. If he were to come back then, mm-hmm. um, we'll see how that goes. If he's able to come back, they may have to win a first-round series. They have fallen to the fifth seed in the East right now, mm-hmm. the Sixers have. So definitely uh, very interesting. A lot harder to win a 4-5 matchup on the road than a 3-6 matchup, especially in yeah. the East where I think – five teams maybe six if you count the heat Mm -hmm. are truly truly good right now so also um tyrese halliburton is still day-to-day from his hamstring but um it seems like he'll be coming back soon as well he and then miles turner has ankle injury for day-to-day so not big ones but tyrese had been out for several games he had missed 10 of the 11 prior he has played the last two but he has a right he's on a 20 minute minutes restriction or something like that prior to those games i think it was the 10 out of 11 that he had missed yeah um and then the other one that i wanted to cover isaiah stewart um for the pistons not that it matters anyway because their season is shot but uh, he's out 10 to uh, 10 to 14 days with a high ankle sprain as it matters for stewart (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um so part of the reason that some of these injuries have been interesting Embiid injured his knee initially against Indiana, mm-hmm. finished the game, and then was out the next two at uh, at Denver and Portland. Some people had some suspicious things to say about him missing the Denver game, and then he came back against the Warriors. Jonathan Kaminga falls on his knee, and he ultimately yeah. – and he didn't look right before Jonathan Kaminga fell on his knee. Yeah. And then Tyrese Halliburton was – back from his hamstring injury initially at Portland and then re-injured it, and that's why he had to miss more games. Yeah, Both of them probably won't end up being eligible for postseason awards because of that 65-game minimum. Do you still think the 65-game minimum is good? It's tough. It's tough to say because for most reasons – in 65 games out of an 82 game season that means you're only missing 17 total usually that's when you're impacting the game the most is when you've played three quarters if not more of the the games for your team i think it is a little steep though 65 i mean 17 games especially we i mean we see these guys that are in that are out two weeks three weeks i mean that's enough right there mm-hmm. usually um for over half, if not three quarters, of the days that you're allotted to, or games that you're allotted to, to miss. So, yeah. I don't know. For a game that is so physical, most people may <laughs> say differently, but um, it's still a physical game, and injuries do occur. It's tough to put a 65 cap on this. But. Yeah, 
And the thing that bothers me the most is the discourse when Embiid plays, obviously not this mm-hmm. year, but let's say he would have played 58 games, dominated, he averages 36 a game, he's yeah. absolutely dominant in those 58 games, and then someone else wins MVP, everyone's going to discredit that person's MVP, mm-hmm. and it's going to create you know this whole issue with that. Plus, for a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, he'd miss out on like $40 million right. in his next contract if he doesn't make an all-NBA team. I think you could replace the 65-game minimum with a 41-game minimum or half the season. You have mm-hmm. to play half the season. And then, outside of that, every game you play counts as a third-place vote towards postseason awards. Mm. So if you play 50 games, you get, what is that? There's I think a fifth third-place vote is like five points towards MVP. Yeah. Right? So you get a certain amount of points. That way, if you play, if Jokic plays 82 games and Bede plays... 50 games, Embiid has to be way better than Jokic in those 50 games for voters, for him to get enough votes to still win MVP. But it still gives him a chance to then be second or third in the race then rather than out of the race completely. And Yeah, exactly. And and if someone plays 64 games right now, Mm -hmm. we don't have to go, is the NBA going to let him in or not? You know, I, I think rewarding for playing games versus just a cutoff minimum mm-hmm. is a lot better. And plus it, I think it, it gives voters like you can, you can just vote on the games they played. You don't have to worry right. about how many games they played or anything. Because there's a built in system for mm-hmm. getting points based on how many games you played. Right. And I mean, most voters I'm sure are looking at the, the best games that those players have played, right. like right before they vote, they're looking at the games. How dominant were they? It, they're not, yeah, they're not going to be looking at the games played then. They're going to be looking at the numbers yeah, for each person. And so that that's a, I think that's a really good, that's, that's awesome. That would be a good um, substitution for that. And then if you're playing really well and you're kind of banged up, mm-hmm. you know, well, I, I'll still get third team all NBA, right. even if I take out a few more games to rest mm-hmm. up this hamstring injury. Yeah, because hamstring injuries are never easy to come back from. Yeah. And they are repetitive. Yep. And so it's that would yeah, with especially in Tyrese's um uh situation here. I mean, he is way he's one of the best contributors to a team that you could have in any team with a, he's I think I just saw a stat today where it was he is one of three players to have 15 turnovers or 15 assists with zero turnovers and he's done it eight times and the next person up is chris paul with 15 Mm -hmm. and tyrese has only done it in like 272 games and chris paul's played over a thousand games yep so i mean it's just insane the top one is stockton but yeah um and i I just i don't want to see players playing regular season games injured mm-hmm. so that they can hit some arbitrary game number. Yeah. Because then you see, I mean, there's no guarantee that Joel Embiid's injury is directly related, right? Like Kaminga falling on his knee could have torn his meniscus whether it was injured right. or not. But now he's out for the rest of the season, probably. Maybe yeah. he comes back in the postseason. I just don't want to see that. I don't want to yeah. see players playing injured regular season games. I don't want them resting just for nothing. Right. But like... Playing injured is just, it's never good. Did you see that the 76ers were fined for Embiid sitting? 
yeah, I think they were fine because he wasn't on the injury report. Gotcha. Okay. And then who else? There was another team that was fine as well. The Pelicans. Pelicans were fined oh, as well um, for sitting someone that was eligible to play. Um, so we have some more penalties being thrown out by the league now. Um, so it's good that they're not backing down from this and that they're going to continue to to do this. And I like they're penalizing teams because oftentimes mm-hmm. teams are the ones looking at a player and like right. monitoring their health and being like, oh, you can't play tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as we'll get to in just a little bit with the All-Stars, with Julius Randle and Joel Embiid, this is going to be, both from the East, this is going to be interesting to see who they then pull up to mm-hmm. to, to play. So, yeah. Um, all right, we got some WNBA free agency, the free agency yeah. open. There's been some, it's been some moves. Uh, let's see. The Storm traded this year's number four pick and a player. I don't remember who the player was, unfortunately. But they traded that to the Sparks for a future first. I think it was a 2026 first. Essentially creating a bunch of cap space, which they then used to sign free agent guard Skylar Diggins-Smith. Hmm. Big get for them. That's big. Her plus Jewel Lloyd is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we'll see if they uh, make another move as... Neka Agumake has informed the Sparks that she's not going to be back next year. Yeah. And the three teams, I believe, are the Mercury, the Liberty, and the and the Storm that are expected to talk to her, and maybe yeah. Chicago. I think. I think. I think if she went to the Storm, that could be a really fun yeah. trio that they could form there. Either either way, if she goes to Seattle or to um, to New York, I think she's in contention for a title then. Absolutely. New York would be very interesting with yeah. Brianna and John Cole Jones, who's returning. Yeah. So you, I mean, I guess you'd go Brianna at the three, Neck at the four. A big lineup. John Cole Jones <laughs> at the five. It's big. You could put, you put Benajah Laney at the two yeah. as well. And then you're just. This huge. is like nineties NBA. Yeah. It's just huge <laughs> out there. Uh, grabbing every offensive rebound. Yeah. You, play some zone and just completely clog up the paint i guess (laughs) it'd be fun have them in a triangle one on each uh (laughs) each block and then one in the middle like yeah at at the at the nail so (laughs) that'd be very interesting but yeah i mean just think about the opportunities if if she did go to like as you were saying at new york if they're getting offense rebounds they're drawing in people trying to get those rebounds over top of them. Wide open shooters. Yeah. Especially when you have Sabrina Ionescu out there. I think the two places that I would like to see here would be Seattle or New York. Yeah. I think Seattle would be fun because it would just add another team to the mix mm-hmm. that's going to be really good. Um, in other news, Natasha Cloud is going to the Mercury. The Mercury yep. starting to make some moves with uh, their new owner. We know Matt Ishbia is... <laughs> aggressive no, yeah he's not uh, stingy with his money nope uh jordan canna canada via sign and trade is going to the dream for ari mcdonald and a first round pick swap this year yeah i believe those are the eight and 12 picks that are being swapped uh and then tina charles returns after a year to play for the dream yeah. on your contract so some big names right there uh, a lot of re-signing and trading going on this this offseason already yeah and when did when did free agency open it was like a week ago sunday wasn't it i believe so yeah so it, so much has gone on in this week yeah or 
two the two big names we already mentioned Agumake and then um, uh, Lena Delanon might be on the move as mm-hmm. well from Washington. We'll see. I believe that would have to be a sign and trade as well. Or Candace Parker is up for she's a free agent right now too. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see if she continues. I'm assuming she's going to want to stay with the Aces just because she just won a championship with them. But imagine if she goes to another team, gets a championship. She's won four different teams. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> I just hope she doesn't retire. I really yeah. want to see her another year. A, a legend Play. like that going out injured would just be yeah. you know, disappointing a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of a lot of big names on the move for, for that. It's nice to get some WNBA talk going yeah, on. Yeah, it's um, been a while. Been quiet for a bit. Yeah, and uh, the draft coming up, the Fever got number one, right? I'm pretty Fever sure had number got. one. And notably, with that trade with the Storm, the Sparks had the number two pick and the mm. number four pick. Wow, that's big. Theoretically, how things shake out, they could end up with uh, Cameron Brink and Paige Beckers yeah. to start over with, which would be a pretty quick... <laughs> Pretty uh, pretty good reset there for them if they yeah. if they are able to go that route. Who's going number one? You think? No idea. It's completely <laughs> up <laughs> up for debate. Definitely not Caitlin Clark. Nope. No. <laughs> That's that'd be really fun to have her in Indiana, and we can just go watch a game. I, I actually every other weekend. Like a week ago, <laughs> I looked at the fever tickets to see what they were like. And they were actually pretty expensive on really? the games. I'm guessing they'll cool down a little bit yeah. when we get a little bit closer, but I think a lot of people are <laughs> pre buying tickets in yeah. expectation of going to see Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Um, cool that she's staying in the Midwest though, that yeah. From Iowa there. Assuming she goes out for the draft. Which right. I don't right. I think Indiana would be a with a lie of Boston there, it'd be like a dream. Mm-hmm a dream destination for her. So I'm hoping she goes out for the draft. A lot of these teams that seem to be kind of uh, limp towards the end of the season without a whole lot of star power are maybe bolstered here with some young talent. Mm -hmm. So top of this draft could be very stacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to talk about in the press break? Uh, I think, I think that's all. All right. We broke it open. Let's get into our half court offense. Yeah. Speaking of (laughs) offense, there were some players that scored some points yeah. the past couple of weeks. Yeah, um, Embiid dropped 70 on the Spurs mm-hmm. very efficiently. Cat dropped 62 in a loss to the Hornets. Same day. Both same those day. in the same day. And then in the same day later that week, yeah. Luka had 73 in a win against the Hawks. And you're not going to believe this, but Devin Booker also had 62 in a loss to the Pacers. So yeah. don't score, score 62 points if you're uh, an NBA player. I yeah, guess. you're going to lose. And then... Uh, <laughs> Honorable mention from college real quick. Last night, Juju Watkins, mm-hmm. freshman from USC, goes to number four Stanford, drops 51 on their head in an upset win. Yeah. Uh, her team only scored 67, and Stanford <laughs> only scored 58. 51 out of the... So, <laughs> dang near won the whole game by herself yeah. as a freshman on the road at the number four team in the country. Yeah. Incredibly impressive. That... Watching the highlights of that game, she was on fire. Yeah. Could not be stopped. It was it was a jump shooting clinic. Yeah. Um, let's talk about real quick about um, some of the the highest scoring games. So like with with Booker, we saw him explode in these last couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, not only that game where he scored sixty, what was sixty four, sixty two, one 62. of the two. Um, he had several fifty point games as well. He had a he had a forty point game as well in that two weeks. I mean, he was going crazy. Yeah. Um, he is their highest offensive threat 
surprisingly. When you have Kevin Durant on a team, you would think that'd be the number one. But Booker can go off for bunches of points. I mean, obviously yeah. he scored seventy before. Yeah. Yeah, he, he can he can detonate for mm-hmm. sure. Um the Suns have been the Suns have been on the move up in the yeah. rankings recently too. They're up to I believe they're at six right now. But there's mm-hmm. pretty close between like six and three yeah. uh, in the Western standings. But we're finally seeing their big three. Yeah. At, no, I wouldn't say full strength yet because I think Beals was still battling an injury, like a small injury last week. Yeah. Um, but Kevin Durant seems to be coming back to his full form. Obviously, Booker exploding, and then Grayson Allen been ridiculous. He's shooting like fifty percent from three on yeah. a very significant amount of t- attempts. He mm-hmm. has like a seventy percent true shooting percentage. It's absolutely ridiculous what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He is one of the most valuable players, role players in the league right now. Yeah. Just Com- insane. Completely different offense and context, but mm-hmm. his stats to, uh, I think it's 2015 Kyle Korver are yeah. like almost identical. Uh, it's very impressive what he's doing right now. I wouldn't necessarily look at him and think, you know, he's a good three-point shooter. Like, obviously looking at the stats, yes, if you watch the game, sure. But if you compare him to, like, Kyle Korver, who is one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, you wouldn't think that they would be <laughs> in that same conversation. Yeah, he's, he's taking advantage of the space he's getting in, mm-hmm. in Phoenix for sure. Yeah. Um. So... I think Devin Booker, sixty-two. Mm-hmm. He lost, but he was he was playing well right. that game. On the other side of the spectrum, Cat, sixty-two. He had forty-four in the first half, and basically they came out and just were trying to get him to a hundred. They, they yeah. the players came out and said that they were trying to do that. Just completely ignored playing a Winning basketball game. game. Yeah, and. Hey, the basketball gods don't like when you're doing that. Yeah, and they they got punished. The Hornets end up winning the game. Um, yeah, they sat Cat in the last three minutes of the game. Yeah, he checked in for a, just a little bit of time. Had the the potentially game winning shot. Do you, did you see that the end of that yeah. game? Do you think he was fouled? Yeah, he got hit on the arm. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was surrounded by three Hornets. Probably Hornets shouldn't players. have taken the shot. Yeah, but that was my first reaction. Is like, of course, it's later in the game. If you're not LeBron James, Stephen Curry, or Kevin Durant, they're probably not going to give you a foul in that situation. Maybe Jokic too, yeah. but they're probably not going to give you a foul. They're, but yes, he was surrounded by three Hornets. One slapped him on the arm. One that gave him an uppercut into mm. the the stomach. He he definitely got fouled. He should have had some free throws. But yeah, it was it was a it was it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was really fun to watch, but. Obviously not the ending that the Timberwolves were wanting. Yeah. And the Luca, I think starting like the second half, DeJounte Murray was face guarding him in full court as soon mm-hmm. as the Mavericks had the ball and he still managed to just cook him. Yeah. Um it was extremely impressive what he was doing. It was just threes, the way he was working to get layups. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Embiid was just a mid range yeah. master class. Yeah. Man, these guys going off. It's just crazy. Um, who do you think is going to be the next person to score 70? The next por- person to score 70. If you would have told me Cat was in the realm of 60, I would have told you you were lying. But Yeah, I mean, he's a very good scorer. He can get hot for sure, but yeah. he just doesn't get enough touches. I don't know. Probably, 
honestly, it might just be it might just be Devin Booker mm-hmm. is the next guy to score seventy. Because maybe Shea, if he gets hot. Let me give you one that just went off for fifty-one the other night, Maxi. What do you think about Maxi? I don't know. I, I mean, in theory, he definitely yeah. could get there. I just, I think, I don't know. Did I, you, I just can't. There's not a lot of players <laughs> where in my head I'm like, yeah, they can get seventy. Yeah. You know, I like Embiid, Booker, Durant, Curry. I guess Doncic. He just did it. Maybe Kyrie. Yeah. Although. Not he's just a little bit past that now. Yeah. I don't. There's not very many people. Not a whole lot of people in the league where I'm like, yeah, that guy could get seventy. Yeah. I, there's not a lot of people I'm thinking they could get sixty. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably those guys that were on the list that just did it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Mainly. But yeah, this this outburst of scoring is just insane. Do you think it's better offense or less defense? I think it's great offense. If you watch mm-hmm. these, it's not like they're just shooting layups or anything like yeah. uncontested threes. A lot of these are heavily contested shots that they're right. just they're just better. I do so I think here's my thing. I think offense has evolved faster than defenses cuz yes. defenses have evolved. They played completely different than they did in the 90s, the 2000s, right? Yeah. And I don't want to see more fouls. I don't like right. rushing fouls even if they're allowed, right? I think you could make defensive defenses de- playing defense a little bit easier if you mm-hmm. clean up the moving screens like let's just not do that anymore yeah let's make it like it is in college in high school no moving i think you got rid of carries they've cracked down on it a little bit mm-hmm. but like some of these crossovers and like hezzies you see it's just a carry yeah you know just like get rid of that and then um i yeah i, I think if you do that like Defense gets a little bit easier. Yeah. And the the other th- one I thought about was like, what if we got rid of defense at three seconds and you just let them yeah. have a roamer down there all the time? That's one of the biggest things as uh, this is obviously is not in the NBA itself, but in 2K drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to camp in the paint and try to get blocks. It probably but, gets called automatically pretty much in y- 2K. Yeah. You're in the paint for one second and you're the guy you're guarding isn't, Inside the paint with you, it's three seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the thing with that is they almost they don't always call it anyway in the NBA. Right. So like, just get rid of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you though that offense has gotten way better than defense has decreased. Like it's I don't think I think defense has gotten a lot better. I mean, you look at the guys in the like yes, the '90s were physical. But they weren't always double teaming guys bringing it up the floor as soon as they stepped across half court. If you look at late game with Luca, there's always two guys in in the pick and roll situation. They are always firing towards him. They're letting the roller roll to the top top of the key all the time. Yeah, because Luca is just that good. As soon as he steps across half court, he is an offensive threat. And so it's defense has had to increase. To meet the demand of the offensive threat, yeah. So I I don't I don't think defense has has gotten worse at all. And you look some of the like the peel switching, the scram switching, mm-hmm. like the rotations that defense does now. It's it's incredibly impressive if yeah. you're actually watching the defense versus looking at the number on the scoreboard. You mm-hmm. know, and if you go back and watch a '90s game, like they're setting ball screens at 
15 feet yeah you know and it, and they're going under those screens yeah <laughs> which is you know now they're setting a screen at 30 feet for dame and they have to go over the screen or yeah. they'll pull it and hit it yeah you know and they weren't doing that in the 90s when they no, were not or, or the 2000s although 2000s was just like let's just let them hand check and see mm-hmm. what happens i don't <laughs> i don't really like that to be honest but yeah i guess if just fouling is your thing then sure yeah, which is crazy because fouls back then were lower, but there was more free throws in that time yeah. than there are now. There's less foul calls now, but more free throws. Yeah. <laughs> or there's there's less free throws, more foul calls. Hmm. I think I said that correctly. But there's less free throws now than there was in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I think it's down like, like five free throws a game across yeah. the NBA. yeah. Probably not for the Lakers, though. The Lakers are just a foul-drawing team. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't shoot. Yeah. But um, anything else you want to touch on with the high-scoring high games? Or you want to jump into All-Stars? No. Yeah. Just those scoring, those guys scoring was, it was so much Incredible. fun to watch. It was Incredible. Just a master class. Yeah. Let's jump into the All-Stars. So um, last early last week, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, last week they announced the starters for the East and the West. Um, we'll start with the West. Um, captain for the West with the most votes was LeBron James. Surprise. Every time there's been a captain in one of these games, yeah. he's been it. Uh, then we have Luka, KD, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and then uh, Nick, uh, obviously Jokic as well is up up there too. So um, obviously those five, none of them, knock on wood, no injuries at this moment. So they should all still be starters by that time. We jump over to the East starters. Um, the captain of that team, Giannis. Um, he obviously he's been what out of the last four four years he's been three of them I think too yeah um, so he's been another big name over there uh, and then the other players Joel Embiid Tyrese Halliburton Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum so two of those four guys after Giannis that I mentioned Joel Embiid Tyrese Halliburton heavily injured throughout the season so far so we'll see if they'll be replaced or not. Um, thoughts on the starters? Um, I, I have some thoughts. I think the West starters are are fine. Yeah, I have some thoughts on the East starters. I think I think Brunson should have been the starter over Dame. I mean, the numbers are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I think Brunson's been a little bit more efficient. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't I don't have too much quibbles. I just think Brunson should have been the starter. But yeah, I agree. Dame's been good too. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad Jason Tatum also got the nod there too. I know they were they were kind of obviously there's not too many other forwards that could have taken that position, um, but it's it's nice for him to get that starting nod yeah, for definitely. how how well he's been this year, how good he's been this year. Definitely deserved that one. Yeah. Um, but then we go to let's let's go to the reserves. We'll start in the East this time. So we have uh, Bam Adebayo, Paulo Bancaro. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle. Um, as we spoke earlier, Julius Randle injured is going to be injured throughout that time. So he and Joel Embiid are both going to be replaced at at some point. Yep. So, um, in that saying, who do you think bumps up to the starter for the East? 
Oh, it's Stoller. probably, the, I think it's the most votes yeah, that gets bumped up. Probably Brunson, I guess, if that works. Unless it has to be a center, and then it would be... Bam or Paolo. Paolo was not the highest vote-getter. So it'd have to be Bam. Bam, probably, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, and then, who do you think is going to replace those two, then? I think Trey will replace um, Randall. Yeah. And then... Um, I don't know. Maybe Scotty Barnes gets a nod. That'd be or, that'd be good. Um, I, don't know, I feel like there's someone I'm missing in the East that I should that should be. Mikel Bridges, maybe. He's maybe. not been playing crazy well this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess probably probably Scotty Barnes. I guess out yeah. of the East. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe they, Jared Allen. Jared Allen has been playing Maybe Jared phenomenal. Allen, yeah. yeah, he's been playing phenomenally. So, yeah, definitely Trey is going to come up because he's he was like right on the borderline, I'm sure. Yeah. And I, then Jared I think Allen. he should have been there over mm-hmm. Paolo Bencaro. I agree. Or Maxi. It's probably not Maxi. Maxi's been winning a lot, but I think he should have been yeah. there over Bencaro, especially with the Magic's recent struggles. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 27 and 11, I think. Yeah. On you know, not great efficiency, but about average efficiency. Like, mm-hmm. I get they haven't won a ton of games, but like, you know, Steph Curry's on the, well, we have, spoiler, he's on the All Star team and they're worse and his <laughs> yeah. numbers aren't necessarily better. Right. And the Lakers are bad and they got two All Stars. I don't, I don't think there's a reason to, and plus Trey Young's fun to watch in an All Star mm-hmm. game, right? And the All Star yep. game's also about entertainment. So I think he should have been there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so let's jump over after you said that Steph was on that. Let's jump over to the West. Uh, reserves for the West, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. So my big takeaways from that is that no Kings players. Yeah. Fox or Sabonis. And no Jamal Murray. Yeah. I think those are the big names that people have been bringing up. Of It's crazy that they're not on the team. And it's crazy because if we had 15 roster spots on the All-Star game, uh, All notably, of them. yeah, 12 uh, has been the roster number since 1983 when there was 23 teams. <laughs> 1984 oh. maybe, and there's 23 teams. So, yeah. you know, it should be 15, right? Yeah. The fact that not every team can have at least one All-Star is yeah. ridiculous to me. And especially every year, there's like three or four guys that you're like, those guys absolutely should have been all-stars. They don't make it because there's only 12 spots. There should be 15 spots. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you listen to, maybe because you're bringing this up, but um, we, I listened to Old Man and Three with JJ Redick. So he was, he has interviewed um, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league and he didn't get to ask him because they had a very short time with him but the next time he gets them on they were wanting to talk again and he was going to ask like please put it to 15 yeah please so um i mean yeah i i agree i mean all three of those guys who are deserving and you could throw some other names in there from the west as well james harden as i mean he's been playing pretty well for the for the clippers um I think I think here's what I'll say. I think if you put those three guys, Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. Sabonis, Fox, on the All Star team at mm-hmm. 15, I think most people would be happy. Right. There'd be a few Clippers fans that'd be upset. Yeah. But for the most part, I think everyone would be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then that gives some some 
younger guys in the East the chance as well, like Scotty Barnes, who is may not get the nod here, but has been playing fantastic as well. Um, yeah, it's it, it's very unfortunate because we haven't had a 12-deep bench or 12-person lineup for each team in the NBA for years now. Yeah, it's a 15-man roster now. Yeah. So and that's the other not- thing. We got more teams, more roster spots. Yeah. But the same amount of all-star spots, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, not at all. So, it yeah, it's just very it's very weird that they haven't decided to increase that number yet. Yeah, but. and personally, I actually had both Rudy Gobert and Sabonis making. I was about to say cat. Rudy Gobert. Um, he would be another one that he's not going to possibly. Coaches probably aren't going to pick him, or like if you're mm-hmm. a media person, just because. He's not a super entertaining player. Cat's mm-hmm. probably more entertaining, which may have factored into why he made it over him. But right. if you're looking at a defensive impact, like it's been incredible for him. Mm-hmm. He should have made it. Demonis Sabonis has been having a ridiculous year. Yeah, he should have made it. Um, I can see kind of why Murray didn't make it, just because of he missed some time with injury. Yeah. Plus, he only likes to play really good against really good teams. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. If he's not playing a good team on the road or in the playoffs or something. Yeah. He's like, ah, you know what, Aaron Gordon, it's your night. <laughs> yeah. Which Aaron Gordon, I don't I don't think he should have gotten an all-star nod, but he's been playing so well this year. Mm. And in it's not that he's scoring points or that he is, you know, going out there and making a show. His his stats that are not counted or like this the not counted stats is in like contesting shots. Even though he's not blocking them, like he's he's one of the highest contested uh, uh, shot defenders in the league, and he takes charges. Yeah. He's always he's he's one of the best switchers in the league. To where he once the ball is switched to him, the primary ball handler is switched to him, he's going to stay on that defense that offense <laughs> offensive player until he either gives up the ball. Or he shoots it, and then yeah. he's usually the one getting the rebound because he can get up so high. Yeah, and his rim gravity as just like guy in the dunker spot or whatever yeah. is really really important for that Denver team too. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, there's the train episode train. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had one in a while, but um, he has definitely transformed himself from just a primary guy who just dunks the ball, as we saw in Orlando. It, with his multiple um, dunk contest appearances, that's what people knew him for. Yeah. Now he's a champion and a an amazing role player on one of the best teams in the league, if not, you know, night to night the best team. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's one of the few remaining like true power forwards yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Like if you wanted to teach someone what a power forward is i think it's aaron gordon he reminds me of a lot more athletic paul Millsap. yes just barely barely shoots three like he can shoot threes obviously aaron gordon is actually pretty good at shooting threes but he that's not his primary goal is to he doesn't step want to, to shoot corner. threes yeah and he attacks the rim he's a big body like you said in the dunker spot paul Millsap in his younger years he was decently athletic yeah. but I mean, he just reminds like that. Their body builds just remind me of each other. It's it, it it's very interesting to see that. I'd like to see their stats like side to side. Yeah, see if they're that similar. 
But um, interestingly, Paul Millsap did play for the Nuggets for yeah. a while. He had a pretty good stretch with them. Yeah, he was stretching the floor a little bit more when he was with them as he yeah. was later in his career. But yeah, he's shout out to Paul Millsap. <laughs> get a get a nod in this episode. He's a fun player. Yeah, he is. Was was yeah. Um, any other things you want to talk about with specifically the all-star game uh oh the game is now switched back to to the traditional game where east versus west so this is how they're going to stay um no drafting involved they are going to continue to or um i don't know if they're still doing the score like nope they're not not just a regular four quarter game nice and they're supposedly they're decreasing the fanfare like before the game mm. and at halftime to make it more like a regular game. Cool. Just That's good. Because I think that was also from that uh, J.J. Redick, Adam Silver interview where he, Adam Silver said that because they want to make the players feel like it's more of a normal game so they right. take it more seriously. And right. Also, they're like warmed up properly before they play. Yeah. Um, another thing that's going to be happening in this All-Star Weekend that is brand new, just announced this last week, is the WNBA versus NBA three-point competition, mm. um, which it's just one player from each. But this year it is Steph versus Sabrina. Who you got? I got Sabrina. I, I honestly have Sabrina too. Steph has not been shooting very like great this year. He's going to show up for sure. Yeah. I think Steph has a little bit of advantage because he's in season. But right. It uh, so, so how it was going to work was um, just like a normal three-point competition. Well, normal as in with the last couple of years where there's five racks and then there's two money ball. Or there's there's one rack that's all money balls and then eat the end ball on each rack is a money ball. And there's two spots that are the starry four-point shot now. They have a four-point shot in it. Um so Which they, is what they have had that for. It's like the, the one last that's couple like of years at like 25, 30. Yeah, it's like or green or yellow or no, yeah. normally most of the time. Um, but what they were going to do was have Steph shoot from NBA range and Sabrina shoot from WNBA range. And Sabrina said, I want to shoot from w, er, from NBA range. And so yeah. I think that's what they're going to do. That'd be I, that'd be cool. She yeah. is going to shoot with they're going to shoot with their own respective right. basketballs, which makes the yeah. most sense. But I, I think that's fun just because like, yeah. It'll shut down some of the trolls that are inevitably going to show up. But. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested to see this game. I thought. I think it's really fun. I think. I think I'm still probably like dunk contest, and mm-hmm. then like maybe like that, and then like the regular three point contest mm-hmm. is my order of most interesting things. Yeah, I agree. All Star Weekend. So you bring up dunk contest. Who do you want in there? Oh man, I want Anthony Edwards. Yep. I want. Ooh. I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm missing someone who's just... For me, I'd want Zion in there just because yeah. he hasn't been able to be in one yet. I don't know if this is the year. I feel like he needs one more... One more year. Kind of getting into getting to his... Rhythm. Form. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like his dunks have been off a little bit this year. Um, I, I know I'm missing someone who I really want to see in the dunk contest. It's going to annoy me that I don't remember it. I would... I wouldn't mind one of the Thompson twins in there. Yeah. Maybe a men Thompson. He's got, he's mm-hmm. shown some stuff off, although he's not by his own words, not much of a dunker, but yeah. I know he could put on a show. I think they said Mac McClung is going to come back. He is this back year. to defend so, his title. Yeah. Where is he at now? He's not with the 76ers G league. He's with, I want to, he's out West somewhere. I want to say maybe, 
I don't know. Yeah, but he's not with the 76ers affiliation no. anymore. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, he made the dunk contest interesting for the first time in like five years. Yeah. Someone had, who actually cared and yeah. had something interesting on the line for yeah. him. He seems to be the guy that can make to be the 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 G League like face for a while. Like I he's a good player, but he seems like more of like a street ball style player that could just be in the G League for a while to then like, oh, that's the guy that has been playing in the G League for a while. I yeah. hope he gets up and gets his money, you know, but but he just seems like one of those guys that can stay down there for a while, hop in and out of 10-day contracts. and Yeah. I think it'd be cool if they did, like, they held some opens and had, like, two non-NBA, like, open, yeah. open spots for guys to come in. Because then I feel like NBA players would be a little bit more inclined yeah. to show up. And if they didn't, they'd get there'd be someone else there that's going to show out. Right? Yeah. You put, like, what I think it was 100K last year was the... yeah. The, the, the prize, so like you know, get get some opens. Those would be fun to watch on YouTube, yeah. and then you get some professional dunker in there, just yeah. putting on a show for a hundred k. Have I, you ever I, heard of Jordan Kilganon? I don't think I have. He did the scorpion dunk where he dunked, he jumped up and then dunked behind himself, oh, yeah, yeah, um, without even looking at the rim. Uh, he's had like several other iconic dunks that were he's personally made himself. Um, but he's one of the best in like dunking outside of like, he's a professional dunker. He doesn't, I mean, he, he can play ball, but he just dunks. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, has Shaden insane... Sharp. I want to see Shaden yes. Sharp. Although he's been injured, hopefully he'll be back. But yeah, he, he said, he said in the off season, he wants to jump over the rim. So I want to see it. I want to see him <laughs> jump over the rim and drop it in on his way over. Yeah. Um, I would love just for one more Levine versus Gordon one. They're both losing their bounce definitely because yeah. they're getting older. But just one more, see what they can give us. Yeah. I think that would be so much fun. Aaron Gordon's—he's never going to do it again <laughs> though because he's gotten snubbed twice out yeah. of the three years that he's yeah. done it. That who do you think? Okay, while we're just on this topic, one more thing. Um, who do you think should have won the 2016? Do you think Levine rightfully won it with his? Um, uh, free throw line, like foot inside the free throw line in between the legs dunk. I think that or, was a fair win from him. Think? I think the the other one that Gordon did, the where he jumped over Taco Fall was... Well, that was the year after. So yeah. the year before that was the... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the one that I was thinking of was the the one where he jumped over the mascot, yep, put the, the ball in between the legs. his legs... I've never seen anything Took like that. Took a seat midair on top of a mascot. Yeah. And just, that was ridiculous. And it's not like the the dunk contest we've seen prior where he pushes, people push off of someone's shoulders. He jumped straight up over the mascot, underneath the legs, reverse dunk. Yeah, it was absurd. Yeah. That was just an incredible dunk contest. Yeah. They both were crazy. It's all um, been downhill from those 2016, 2017. Yeah. But Dwayne Wade's nine changed the course of history forever. Yeah, it really did. But um, anything else All-Star related? Mm, we will have an episode probably a little bit early, an All-Star yeah. weekend special for our next episode. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I was oh, there was one more thing I was wanting to talk about. We should have covered it in the press break, but the NBA draft is now two days instead mm-hmm. of one day. I'm not really sure why, but yeah, it is now day one is the first round, day two is the second round. So there's 30 picks on each round. There's, there's sometimes less. Like last year was 58 instead of 60. Depend- if a team like tampers and loses right. a pick or something. Yeah. So, all right. Want to wrap it up here? Um, we have, oh, Illinois basketball. Yeah. Real quick, I want to touch on uh, touch on Champagne. Oh, my goodness. Okay, real quick before we get into that. Uh, breaking news. Zach Levine is out for the season. Wow. Bulls guard will undergo season-ending surgery on right foot nine minutes ago. Wow. That's big. With the trade deadline heading up yeah, here, I, which is in next Friday. I have to assume he will not be traded now. Yeah. I don't think a team would trade for him unless he's just free, you know, yeah, just salary in the second round or something. But, yeah. Wow, that's, that's big. That's a bummer for him for sure. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Holy cow. All right. Well, let's jump into Illinois now. Let's get off of that. Horrible news, but uh, we got a win against uh, well Michigan on the road. Win, mm-hmm. uh, we lost on the road to Northwestern in overtime. Yep, and then a win at home against, against Rutgers. Against Rutgers and a win at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, the big thing that stood out for me with this team is pace. Yeah. When they play with pace, right? Not like they're just like in transition, but when they get the ball up, they get in their offense right away. Right. They're passing up good shots, good threes, which Brandon mm-hmm. Newman has mentioned, like, oh, I need you guys to take more threes because they're mm-hmm. passing up open threes. But there's also times when they walk the ball up the court, they take three seconds to enter the ball to Damask on the wing all the way out by the three-point line, and then there's Backs 14 seconds left on the clock, and he starts backing a guy down, and you're just like... There's one shot you're going to get. Yeah. Whatever shot you get from that action is what you're going to get. And that's the difference in this team to mm-hmm. me. They play with pace. They're an incredible offensive engine. They're just going to get whatever they want. They got Coleman Hawkins who can play defense on everyone, and now he's stretching the floor, shooting with confidence. Yep. And they got Ty Rogers who's just maniac Dominant going recently. to the rim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary A is a great cutter, but when they don't play with pace – all of a sudden, it's easy. You just have to defend one action. It's old Illinois ball. Then we're stuck in the half-court offense with nothing to get. And then we force a horrible shot at the shot clock running down. And sometimes Damask, he's been good enough. Sometimes he's made those shots, right? It's a tough fader, mm-hmm. and he hits it. But, like, you're not going to live off that in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Brad Underwood has to feel out the game early and then communicate to his players then, okay, Damask, maybe it's not your night tonight. You know, we'll get you some shots still. Stay. The biggest thing that Damask can do is if he's not getting the shots that he's wanting, stay, get the ball moving, and then stay available as an offensive threat. Yeah. Look at Steph Curry. The ball's not in his hands. He's running around the running around the whole floor. Do that. Get set some back screens. You know, obviously they have a, the offense to run through, but in a lot of offensive. Um, like plays it breaks down eventually and so get when that breakdown happens set some back screens pop to the ball pop to an open spot get some movement do something yeah it's it's just there's too many possessions and the right. end of the northwestern game i know they scored 91 in that game at the end of the game there was so many possessions mm-hmm. where it was walk the ball up the court 
Ender it to Damask. Now he's backing down with mm-hmm. over half the shot clock gone, and the other four guys are standing and watching. Yeah. And it ends in a bad shot. So, to me, if they can play with more pace, their offense is going to mm-hmm. be great. And then defensive rebounding is... Offensive rebounding, they're great at getting offensive yeah. rebounds. They just recklessly crash forward to the glass and yeah. get everyone. But then defensively, they're just like, and we'll give it right back. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make much sense. But um, Terrence Shannon coming back to full form a little bit in the game against Ohio State. Looks pretty good. He and Damask both had 23 that game. So looking a little better. Um, still um, finding his way back into the team, though. Yeah. You think it's been it's it's definitely not been seamless, but do you think it has been the best that it can be? Uh given the circumstances, I would say yeah. Yeah. It hasn't hurt them really to this point. I don't right. think so. Um yeah, I think it's fine. I, I think they have the big test uh Sunday they'll be yeah. playing Nebraska at home. I think that could be a trap game because most of the players on the team have seen Nebraska be terrible. And an easy win, and now they're not terrible. Yeah, they're just beat number four, Wisconsin. They beat Wisconsin and Purdue at home at their yeah. place. Obviously, this is on the road at Illinois, but right, they're a legitimate. Um, I think there's there's like five teams in the Big Ten right now that I think are NCAA tournament teams, and yeah. they're one of them. Which is that- it's weird. It's it's Illinois, Purdue. And Wisconsin, which like okay makes sense, Top and then three. it's Northwestern and Nebraska. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's not what? Ohio State, it's not Michigan State, it's not Michigan like yeah. the normal ones we normally see up there. Like Michigan's like terrible. Indiana yeah. even even with some big recruits, mm-hmm. which that's going to be an awkward coaching conversation this off season. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Big Ten's a little topsy turvy outside of it is. the usual suspects. Yeah, I'm and, sure Michigan State will figure out a way to get there, but. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see next year whenever the first two teams come in to the to the Big Ten to see how that shakes it up. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I mean, US, USC is not really very good. No. So maybe they'll be better next year. But. I, maybe Bronny's still on the team. They come to Illinois. We can watch. What if LeBron's in Chicago that day, flies down to State Farm Center, he's sitting courts. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. It'd be yeah. crazy. Um also, UCLA also not that good this year, so yeah. it's kind of weird. But Are those two coming in first, and then the next year it's Oregon, Washington? After I that, so. I can't remember, because it, it's two and then two coming in. None of those yeah. teams are very good. No, so. surprisingly, because uh, other than Washington in recent years, they've all three of those teams, Oregon, USC, and UCLA, have been pretty dominant teams. Yeah. I guess when you have Mobley twins and USC and they both go to the NBA and then Jaime Jaquez leaves UCLA. I mean, USC has some good players. Mm-hmm. Ronnie James, Isaiah Collier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another transfer there, a guard that's really good. Yeah. Blanking I about said name. Caleb Williams accidentally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different sport. <laughs> but, yeah, that'll be interesting whenever they come in to see how that shakes up the Big Ten a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. So, you want to wrap it up with some uh, interesting facts for the week? Yep. All right. So, I found a really interesting one this week with um, involving uh, Roy uh, Rudy Gobert okay. and this year's Victor Womanyama. All right. So, Rudy Gobert in 2018 won Defensive Player of the Year with the Jazz. 
he had 129 blocks and 44 steals. Okay. So you'd think that, you know, that's that's pretty high for a defensive player of the year. He obviously had to have those numbers pretty high. It's like a block and a half a game and a half a steal. Mm-hmm. Victor Wimanyama, through 42 games this season, has had 133 blocks compared to the 129 from Rudy Gobert and 47 steals compared to the 44 with Rudy Gobert. Wow. So he's averaging like three three blocks and a mm-hmm. steal a game. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. What a rookie, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty incredible. Um, and then actually, I, I thought I had more. That's just the only one I got this week. So I got, you have I got any? one. Okay. Illinois basketball related. Iota Sumu became the first player in Bulls history to average 50% in the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line for a month. He did that with it's just crazy. over 12 points a game. So, yeah. no um, other good players I've ever played for the yeah, Bulls. Yeah, best player in Bulls history. So, <laughs> <laughs> certainly the most efficient, you know. Like, yeah. That other guy that's played there for a while, the other couple yeah. of guys, not that good, apparently. Yeah. Not that efficient. <laughs> I'm so happy the Bulls kept Io just so he can yeah. stay home. That's it's so good to have him just in in home state. Yeah. But he's been he's been playing well the since the since the new year. I mean he wasn't playing poorly to start the season, but yeah. certainly been playing much, much better yeah. in twenty twenty four. I agree. Um all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for episode 18 of the podcast. Um, just want to remind you that we are on all streaming services where you can get your uh, podcast now, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, I guess, Spotify, um, Yahoo, <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> um, what else are we on? Amazon uh, uh, Podcast or Music. I think it's under the same thing. But Google Podcasts. I don't know if anyone yeah. even uses. I think that's going away and turning into YouTube. Yeah. Part of YouTube, but we're there. Yeah. So, and then go ahead and follow us on our social media platforms, uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram at the CACS pod. Um, keep forgetting to send out thing for questions. So I promise I will eventually get around to uh, uh, sending out a little bit before the, the episode. We record the episode. We'll, we'll ask for questions. Um, you don't have and, to wait for a prompt either. If you're just yeah. thinking about anything basketball related, yeah. you're like, huh, I wonder what, I wonder, I had some thoughts on that. Just send it our us, way. DM us. Yeah. Um, I think we have an email too, right? Yeah. Send us the CACS pod at gmail.com. So yeah. send us the, send us it there too. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. We are 18 episodes in here. Ready for the one-on-one? I am. All right. So we are now at 8-7. You are up. So here's a chance for you to continue to grow your lead here. Um, Throw you a little softball here. Um, Who has made the most NBA All-Star appearances? Uh, Is it a guy by the name of LeBron James? It is. It is. So he is the first player in NBA history with 20 All-Star appearances. Um, The second most now is uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 19. Mm. Um, so definitely LeBron is distinguished. So Indeed. Um, he he play, he's only played in 19 of them, though, because he had an injury one of the All-Star games. Okay. Still, he's tied with him for the most games played, but the most he now has the most nod, All-Star nods. I'll stay around for another year and yeah. <laughs> get that one, too. Yeah. Well, he's going to get... Uh, 
he's probably going to stay to get 50,000 points or something like that. Yeah, he's about to hit 40,000. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Second question here. What year was the first NBA All-Star game played in? First Looking NBA for a year. All-Star game. Okay. All right. Uh, 1949. Ooh. Very, very, very close. It was 1951. You were two oh. years off. This is the 73rd NBA All-Star game. Um, they've There have been some years where they weren't able to play it, um, but they still considered that year because they gave All-Star nods before the game was played because there was lockout years, and then there yeah. was like this, some of those games were, were not held. Um, so, yeah, 1951. This is our 73rd year. Oh, so <laughs> close to taking that. <laughs> Elusive three-point lead. Yeah, that would be crazy. All right, so we are now at 9-7. Let's see. Come back in in, uh, two weeks and see if I can tie it up. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yeah, do a little all-star special in two weeks. Yep. See you then. Bye. Bye.